0: We're back with another edition of the Good Enough Human podcast. It's been a while. We've taken a little break, but we are so, so pleased and happy to be back bringing you um, another little mix of what's on in and around Chester. Along with um, a kind of a special focus in this episode, um, where we look at um, the latest production of a local um, theatre company called Against the Grain. Um, And we're going to find out more about that through the course of this episode, which I believe is episode 17. Um, I'm Angela Ferguson. and My co-host for this episode is Paul Crofts. Hi, Paul.
1: Hi Angela, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Not bad at all, thank you. It's great to be back. It really is super. It's been a little while, hasn't it? But it's good to be back doing these again.
0: Oh, it really is. It really is. I I don't know about you, but I feel somewhat rusty, but happy to be back into it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll find our feet very shortly. It's um, it's like riding a bike, isn't it?
0: Yes, yes, it's good. It feels good to be getting back on the horse and um, getting another episode um, together. So, yeah, as I mentioned, we're going to be focusing in on a little bit of what's on in and around Chester coming up over the next month or two. Uh, but primarily, we're going to be looking at an exciting new play from um the pen of uh, Mark Newman, who is one of the members of um, Against the Grain, a Chester based um, theatre company. And Paul, this is a very personal one for you because you are one of the founder members of Against the Grain. So um, yeah, do you want to tell us a bit about the production? And Against the Grain. Sorry, Paul.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, of course. No, that's fine. Thank you, Angela. Um, Yeah. So Against the Grain was founded back in 2019 um, by myself, uh, Mark and Marion Newman and Stuart Evans. Uh, We've all worked together for something like 20 years um, off and on. And uh, the the opportunity to form the company came out of um, an opportunity we had from local writer Jan Bengry, who is well known in Chester literature uh, scene, um, she was commissioned to write a piece for the Storyhouse Women's Festival, which was taking place uh, in, in April of 2019. And she'd always wanted to write some monologues for Marion, for Marion Newman. And when the opportunity arose to write something for Storyhouse Women, she asked um, us, uh, Mark and Marion, myself and Stuart, would we produce her, three of her monologues uh, with Marion um, sort of... Performing them all, so we did three of her pieces, um, and we had to sort of very very quickly come up with a name for the company because Story House were wanting some details. <laughs> to watch your, what's the name of your theatre company? So we, we had to think, and we came up with Against the Grain, and so um, at that event, at Story House Against the Grain, w- was born, and, and um, we've done a few productions um, since. We did a, um, a, a a production at Little Theatre in Chester uh, in the October of that year. And then we were planning to do Mark's latest play, Mr. Dumpling, last July. We were, we were going to do that at the Forum Studio Theatre, but of course, Covid came along and interrupted everything for everybody. But uh, it's great that we're now back in sort of rehearsal mode and, and not far upstaging the, the production as a new venue for us, which is the live rooms um, opposite um, Chester railway station. So that's uh, really exciting. We're, we're really, really looking forward to finally being able to get back on stage with.
0: It's been, it feels like it's been a really long time. It's been a really long haul. It's been tough um, living and working through a pandemic and it's turned, you know, it's turned the whole world upside down, hasn't it? And theatre's taken a real hit as well. So it's just, it's so wonderful to see it getting back on its feet, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, I mean, you know, we we, we were all feeling it, I think. Um, you know, we we all kept in touch over Zoom during the lockdown. We've, we've met up since and, and talked about our plans for this year and into next year what we'd like to do and um but to get to actually um, have that first read through a few a good few weeks ago now where we sat around and just read through the script and it was just great to be back in the room and all together again and it was just brilliant you know i think we all breathed a huge sigh of relief when we were able to actually finally get back to doing something creative again because yeah i think everyone struggled a bit
0: yeah we've we've really missed that haven't we and um and I've, I was fortunate enough to be invited along to one of your rehearsals, which we're gonna hear little snippets of as part of this podcast, which I was so chuffed about because it was, it was just really, really lovely to meet you all and to see you all um, getting ready to bring this um, twisted comedy to the stage in Chester. Um, yeah, so how, how are rehearsals going?
1: They're going really, really well. We're only a few weeks in. Uh, we normally do about six weeks of rehearsal, so we've got four solid weeks left before before curtain up. And uh, yeah, it's uh, the I think as you probably saw on on Sunday, the uh, performances are coming along nicely. I think everyone's getting the characters now um, and you know it's looking in such good shape, I think you know and the nice thing is that with each rehearsal the characters develop more people chip in ideas. And as, as mark was talking to us on talking to you on um, Sunday about um, the process it's a very much a collaboration between us all it's not just a, the, the director saying this is what we want the, we all have an opportunity to to, um, to sort of feed into the creative process which is a nice way of doing it
0: yeah I love seeing that it's such a collaborative effort and all chipping in with with different um notes what we call in theatre terms but in layman's terms it's sort of observations isn't it and thoughts on what you could do to to sharpen um I don't know the performance or how it will come across ready for the finished polished product on stage um that's,
1: that's right I mean Mark's you know Mark, Mark as we've been going along has, has changed lines and taken lines out and added a few lines in here and then it's just sharpened the whole thing up and so by the time we do get to perform it in front of an audience, it will be as, as home and as polished as it can be. And I think it's all the better for that process, because it's only when you start performing the lines, rehearsing them, that you realise that something works, something don't. And by changing perhaps the odd word here or changing the way phrases is, is, is said, you know, it, it, can, it can make it a whole better line. So, yeah, there's, you know, we, we, that's how we've always worked as, as against the grain. And when we've done projects for other theatre companies together, um that's how Mark and Stuart and Marion as directors tend to, tend to like to work, yeah.
0: And we'll hear from you all shortly in um, the interviews that we did while you were in rehearsals. And I think Mark will explain a bit about what the play's about and... What, what can I say without giving anything away? I'm certainly not giving any spoilers away. But just to say that I feel very privileged to have had a sneak peek. And I think the audience are in for a real uh, interesting, fun ride with a few twists and turns along the way. So it's very, very clever, very and beautifully performed, as you'd expect from you guys. Yeah. Um, so many special moments. So, I think the audience are in for a treat. If you go along to this, um, then yes, you are in for a treat. Um, and when is it um, being, when and where is it being staged?
1: So, it's being performed at the live rooms, which is is better known, I think, in Chester as a music venue. So, it's a sort of a, this is actually a, quite a, a, a first for us and a first for them because it's the first time that we've performed there. And it's the first time that they've actually um, had a theatre production as a hire. So it's a learning curve for all of us, I think. We, we've got to get to grips with how the venue works in terms of the staging of the play, because there isn't the natural sort of, um, there's no wings, there's no backstage area to speak of. There's no natural entrances and exit on the stage. Um, that's something that we'll, we've had to look at carefully about how we stage the play and um, the guys at the live rooms, I have to say, have been so supportive. They couldn't do more for us in terms of um, helping the promotion, in terms of, you know, what we need as a company to make it work. And in terms of running the the nights that we're on, as you would run them in a, in a proper, in a theatre venue. So, you know, the interval calls and all the rest of it and um, how we expect, you know, the audience to, not behave, but how you know how a theatre audience behaves as opposed to a live music audience. There's a bit obviously a, a difference there. So um, yeah, it's just a really great learning curve for us all. And so the dates for the play are the 29th and 30th of November, Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday, the 1st of December, and they all start at 7:30. Uh, doors will open at seven to allow people to come in and, and have a free free show drink and. Um, bar will be open in the interval too and then after the show as well so people can can have a a mingle and meet the cast and um have a drink after the show if they so wish so yeah we're really we're really looking forward looking forward to putting on in a brand new venue
0: yeah it's it's brilliant it's it's a really quirky creative venue as well and i take it you won't be having a mosh pit then
1: The mosh pit will be going for our performance Yeah, I mean, it's there. We went, we had a look at the venue a few days and the mosh pit was there. But we we're, were sure they're taking it out for us. So I can't imagine being the cast, uh, sort of uh, crowd surfing or diving into the, crowd, into the audience. That's something that
0: oh gosh no it's brilliant it's brilliant and you you do you have to think on your feet don't you because you haven't got the usual like you say entrances and exits and backstage per se you are you are out there and you've got to think of creative ways to to deal with it and put the show on the road so brilliant Okay, so we're now going to hear more from um, the team at Against the Grain um, while they were in rehearsals for Mr. Dumpling. And then um, Paul and I will come back and have another chat shortly.
1: So, in this clip that's coming up from uh, Mr. Dumpling, we have um, have the police interview room where uh, Graham is being interviewed by Inspector Watt. and detective constable sergeant in connection with the disappearance of his parents. I suppose I don't really know.
2: Oh come on,
1: Graham!
2: Put a bit of effort into it. Sorry. I'm bleeding in, Graham. I'm really trying. Trying to put you at your ease, to build rapport. I've done the courses and everything. You're benefiting from years of training, from a modern, more customer-friendly approach to policing. Bit old to be living with your parents. How did you grow?
3: I only moved back about three weeks ago. It's only for a few weeks until I get back on my feet again. After what? Um, I rather, it's important. Indulge me. Well, the truth is, I just with my partner, my boyfriend. Quite upsetting last week. We've been together about five years now. Probably quite upset, actually. So, boyfriend, eh? then? Uh,
1: yes,
4: partner.
1: When Graham um, splits up with his partner, Nigel, he finds himself back home at his parents' house. And um, as, as you'll hear from this clip, his parents, uh, Joyce and Frank, are constantly, constantly bickering, much to Graham's dismay, uh, as he eat, returns home to stay with them for a little while. And uh, it's an interesting relationship, this one. So, work?
3: The building society. Still there, are you? Yes. Made manager yet? No. Oh. How come? You've been there, long enough? Oh, well, two things really, Dad. One, it takes more than simple longevity to make a grade. And two, we've still got the same manager we've had for the past 12 years. Not dead, then, yeah? Me. No. Well, he should be by now, shouldn't he? Why, well, who not? He's only four years older than me. Ooh. So, uh, he was manager when he was 36, then? Something like that, I guess. Is there a point to this? There's no point. Just just saying. Oh, here she comes, the char. Yeah. Oh mum, no, let me help you with
4: that. No, need, dear, I'm fine. You
3: so. uh, built like one of them Russian shop putters from the 1990s, she is. Got you some
4: Battenberg, your favourite. Yeah,
3: don't mean the women either.
4: I'm just going <laughs> up and, <laughs> and check the bedroom. You have a catch-up with your dad and some cake, and I'll be back down in a bit. Mm.
3: You. I could do with one of them from time to time.
4: Kissing pigs. Oh no, thank you.
3: Why do you keep having to go at more? You what? All the time. I've only been here five minutes. I've noticed you're always having you're always having to go and fights. Oh, I see. What? Like that, is it? Like what, Dad? always taking your mother's side, aren't you? I'm not taking sides. I'm not taking anyone's side. Telling me how to behave in my own house? Bloody cheek. What do you mean, your house? It's Mum's house. What did you say? Grandma and Grandad left it to her. What do you know about it? You weren't here. You weren't even born. You weren't even on the planet. Forget it. Forget I said anything. Oh, no, sonny Jim. You've said it now. You can't take it back. You've said it. Spiteful. You've got to back it up, son. Put your money where your mouth is, so come on, man. Come on, what? Yeah, you want to fight me, do you? yeah, what? Yeah, is that what you want? You want to fight me? Have a pop at your old daddy? i <laughs> been in the jeans, and I had to live with that all these years, your mother's jealousy. You wouldn't have known, of course, I, I didn't think it was fair to tell you. But might have set you against it, you know, if, we, if you knew she hated you and was eaten up with jealousy and me. You know, Dad, I really don't think Mum was jealous of you spending two months every Christmas 30-40 years ago playing the game in the local amateur drama group Panto. I mean, it's hardly the theatre royal Drury Lane, is it? Hatred, it was, actually. Yeah, I don't think that's too strong a word. Hatred. It went beyond jealousy, way beyond, across the line.
4: I'm on the plug! I'll be down when I'm done. Charming. i put a new can of in there before. Make sure you give it a squirt before you come down. No not want Graham smelling your stinky stench. The eye rosy salad. It's under the sink. Put it back when you've used it.
1: Ding dong, ding dong.
3: Who's that? Is that him again? No one.
4: Why don't you answer it and find out? Me answer it? You would.
3: Why should I? It won't be for me.
4: You're pathetic. I'll answer it then, see what they're selling.
3: Yeah, that's right, it's not me, I'm not the one, it's her on the phone all day, all day. Well?
4: That was Graham. Graham who? Graham Graham.
3: Our son Graham?
4: Yes, he's coming home. What? He be him back here for a bit. Why? To so live with his own mum and dad for a bit.
3: We don't want him.
4: Our son, the apple of your loins, he's coming home. How long for? Just One big happy family again! Oh Christ!
0: (laughs) Okay, so um, we are here at um, rehearsals for Mr. Dumpling from Against the Grain, and I'm lucky enough to have managed to grab a moment post rehearsal with Marion. Stuart, Mark and Paul Um, so thanks so much for inviting us along to get some insight into the rehearsal process behind the production um, coming to the live rooms in Chester very soon Do you want to tell us a little bit about Mr Dumpling for someone who might not have a clue what it entails
4: Um,
2: Yes Uh, Mr Dumpling is a play about um, a gentleman Graham who's in his 40s who uh, breaks up with his partner and has to move back in with his extremely argumentative uh, parents. Um, And when he moves back in, he finds that his mother is running a telephone sex line. And um, the play switches between scenes back at his parents and in a police interview room, where three weeks after he moves back in with them, he finds himself being interviewed in connection with their disappearance.
0: It's a comedy. <laughs> 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 there's, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd
2: like to think that people get value for money.
0: I've I've been able to listen in today, so I'm not going to give anything away. But goodness me, you are in for a ride if you come along and watch this. <laughs> um, and Mark, sorry, just just before we we sort of move on as well, you're you're the writer, is that right? I yes, that's
2: right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Goodness me, I mean, where where does an idea like this come from?
2: Do you know? I had a sneaking suspicion you were going to. Asked me that, and I'd love to give a really kind of insightful answer, but the, the genuine answer is I've got absolutely no idea. And I sort of just fished it out the air. Um, I've got I've really got no. Probably alcohol was involved. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably alcohol was involved. Um, but now it I, I sort of woke up one day and kind of had this um, this strange little idea. And obviously you sort of uh, as you start writing it, you work out little. Um, little bits and pieces to stitch it together as a proper sort of coherent narrative and all that um, stuff. But yeah, where the actual seed of the idea came from, I, I, I must have just thought it would be funny for an old woman to be, um, older woman I should say, um, to, to, to be running a telephone sex line geared towards older gentlemen.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's it's. Brilliant to hear that insight because the, there is a lot packed in to this play. It is fair to say, um, a heck of a lot. Of, uh, yeah. So, um, thank you for um, putting you on the spot there, Mark. Not I appreciate that, um, and I appreciate your honesty talking about the I- influence of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's it's theatre, Angela. I think <laughs> <that>. <laughs> alcohol <laughs> play's got a large part. Of it. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, can I can I ask? Um, you guys, how rehearsals are going?
4: I think we're we're very pleased with how it's... We've worked together before, so we know each other very well, and I think that helps an awful lot when we start a rehearsal because we know how we work. We have a way of working, we like to think, that's open to everybody involved. It's not a dictatorship. Everybody can come up with ideas, so it's nice that everybody feels comfortable and able to do that. So we've got definite framework, we've still got four and a half weeks to go, so we're in a good position at the moment.
0: Great, yeah, because you are, you are uh, quite unusual in that respect of sort of working together as a, um, what, what's the word? Um, collaboration. Collaboration, yeah, um, in terms of notes and, and how you develop it and how it sort of comes to life, I think. Yeah. Is that
3: it, quite unusual? It's it, it's a it's a nice way to work um, because I mean we you know we've known each other for about twenty years twenty plus years, we've all directed each other at some point we've all been on stage with each other at some point um, you know acted with each other at some point so you know echo what Marion's saying it's it's we 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 know each other so so well. Um, and know how each other works. So the collaboration is a big part for us, really. Yeah, and mm, and, and that's against the grain. You know, that's the theatre company in itself. We, we're, we're willing to collaborate. We are a collaboration. We will work with anyone, and we, we, we enjoy that
2: process. We trust each other's judgment as well. We all have a similar sense of humour. So if somebody has an idea or some insight into a scene that could make it funnier, nobody's going to turn around and say, well, I'm not sure about that. We'll just absolutely go with it. And, you know hopefully most of the time we we've got enough um ability um to actually put on stage what somebody else's idea is hopefully um so yeah that helps as well I think.
0: That's good to hear, good to hear. Um, Paul, putting you on the spot, picking on you <laughs> Turning the tables now, interviewing you. I know, this feels
1: very strange, but carry on.
0: <laughs> How's the experience going for you?
1: It's it's great. I mean, it's good to see the play developing, and it's in very good shape at the moment. We've only been rehearsing for a few weeks, but already we can see the, the framework of the play and, and, and how it's going to progress. And it's just, yeah, and as Mark, Mark and Marion Stewart said, it's a very much a collaborative process. We all have an input, you know, um, whether it be a change in in dialogue or, or whatever, we can all, we can all chip in and it 's a good process. A lot of directors will have very fixed ideas of how they want scenes to look or how the direction is aimed and the way people move on stage, but we 're not like that we 've never done that so I think it 's a better process for it and hopefully people will enjoy the end result more you know it's a good it 's interesting to see the play sort of developing and, and see it sort of organically growing as it were.
0: Absolutely, and I'm always impressed by um, when I see actors like yourselves um, committing to memory so much information, so so what, long, you know, some, some little bits of monologue coming in, lots of script to learn, I don't know how you do it, full of admiration. We don't.
2: <laughs> it's hard work, I hate learning lines personally, I just, it's just a job of work. With, if on the occasions I direct, I often say to people, um, don't think of them as lines. You know, it's, it's, I don't know why, but think of it as something your character has to say at that particular moment. That's what makes your character, that they can't say anything else at that particular moment. It, it sounds like it's a really sensible, wise, smart thing to say, but actually has no practical bearing whatsoever on it's, sitting there learning. No,
3: it's, it's, this, it's the job of the actor. They, they have lines to learn, and there's no easy way to do it. Yeah. It's a case of, and you know, I've said to students that I've taught in the past, that, they're your lines. You've just got to learn them. It's as simple as that. Yeah. We can't yeah. do it for yeah. you. you could, no one could do it for you. It, it's, it, and, and you have your own process of learning your lines. So whatever process you find easy or good to do, do it. But that's, you, that's part of the job. Yeah,
4: it
1: is. It's just a job at work and that's, mm. yeah.
2: that's exactly yeah.
1: it. In the same way that you would learn a piece of music, you wouldn't. Ex- you know, the the um, musical director wouldn't expect you to go off on your own improvising it. You have to learn it uh, as it's written. So, it's the same process. The
2: thing about um, the, the way we work is that it's enabled me to actually take a look at bits of the play and cut words, cut sentences here and there, just to to, uh, to make it better, hopefully. Um, but that's been really good even tiny little words and phrases that are put in maybe one or two words at a time you can take them out and actually it just makes it better and that's a a great way of working because if you're deeply working with um, experienced and um, you know actors of a really good standard which like Stuart well the company are then they're delivering the lines the way you want to hear them in the first place and that's why you can say that doesn't work in that in that particular sentence, let's just lose it. Hmm.
0: So it evolves, it constantly evolves in the lead-up to the actual yeah, yeah. performances. Yeah,
3: Incredible. I mean, Mark's been great with with this, um, he, you know, he's not so precious about the script. Like he said, you can take those lines out, you can take the words out that aren't meaning or doesn't sit right or doesn't sound right or doesn't mm. work in the scene, doesn't work mm. for the character. And that's really, really a great thing. You know, you can meet many writers... Or many directors, as we said before, that have very specific ideas and can be quite precious about things, which is fine. You know, it's the, that's their idea. So it's really nice to work with Mark as a writer and director, and that as a friend as well. That um, you can take those pieces out, and he's not so precious about
2: that. I mean, if they try to take a C I now, mean, I might be more precious about it. He's not bursting into tears yet. No, still four and a half weeks away. Yeah, that,
0: that comes later. Yeah.
2: but we'll, we'll, it'll be nailed down within probably the next week or so. That the script won't change after that because obviously we have to set about um, learning it uh, properly. And in the next week or two, probably will, we will have learnt anything and it will develop a little bit more. Um, and again, we'll have maybe two or three weeks off the books, where we can we can come in and actually start playing with it a bit more, really.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and inviting me to your rehearsals today. And um, Before we finish, is there anything you guys would like to add? Uh,
2: just, well, the dates for the play, uh, <laughs> the 29th of November. 29th, 30th. 30th. And the 1st of December. Um, yeah, and just come along and see it. I think, I mean, hopefully... Obviously, you know more that you're. You've been an audience, an audience, yes. <laughs> an audience today. Um, so yeah, hopefully, there's a lot for people to enjoy if they if they want to come along and see it, and they will come out with a smile on their face and having had a laugh as well.
3: Yeah, get get back to the theatre. You know, we've we've all had a very very difficult um, eighteen months, possible, almost going on for two years now.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, get in, you know, come, come and support your your local. Um, to come and support everyone, and but come and enjoy it you know, we've been locked up literally, some of us have been yeah. you know, locked in the houses for so long just so, you know, it's time to, to come and enjoy yourself and forget what's gone on and have fun.
2: I'd, I'd also like to thank the live rooms actually for um, for Absolutely. providing yeah, a yeah. venue for us as well they've been really supportive so far, so you know, big shout out to them as well, they're a, a great place to work with
0: Thank you very much. Thank I you, Angela. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Okay, so hope you enjoyed that little taster of what is to come if you are to go along and watch Mr. Dumpling, courtesy of the team at Against the Grain, at the Live Rooms in Chester. Now, can we just have a reminder of how you can go about getting tickets for that, pool?
1: Yeah, sure. So the uh, best way to get tickets is to book online uh, through the website for the Live Rooms, which is www.theliverooms.com dot uh, com and there also there will be um, some tickets available on the door each night too so tickets online are 10 pounds and on the door they're 12. um i say we, as we said doors open at seven o'clock and the performance uh, starts each night at 7 30 so that's uh we hope uh, to see you there
0: brilliant sounds like a real treat can't wait can't wait Okay, so um, we're going to have a little chat now, as we do from time to time, about what's on, what's coming up in and around Chester. We're going to kind of whiz through. If you're listening and you're thinking, what can I go and watch? What's coming up? This will give you a a bit of a taster, really. Um, So if we can kick off, um, if we start our little magical mystery tour of good stuff to see and do with um, Chester Zoo. Um, The lanterns, they return to the zoo this winter and I can't believe this, they're in their 10th year now. Um, and they begin on the 12th of November, running through, I think, to the 23rd of December. And it's a sort of magical nighttime, out of hours event. And apparently, we are promised some new um, exhibits this year in the form of orangutans, butterflies, caterpillars, and wolves. There'll be a light show and it will be a bit of a journey that you'll be taken on to celebrate the zoo's 90th birthday um, and going on a journey through time exploring the zoo's history and it's highlighting or shining a light shall we say in keeping with the lanterns event on species which are threatened with extinction and funds raised will support the zoo's crucial conservation work and that will run as I say 12th of November to the 23rd of December at Chester Zoo between 4 p.m. and 8.15 p.m. Prices for children start from, I think, £11 and for adults from £13. So there's more information on Chester Zoo's website, chesterzoo.org. Okay, now we want to um, also talk about, didn't we Paul, um, Chester Male Voice Choir and quite an unusual story that's come to light.
1: Yes, that's right. So Chester Voice Choir are celebrating this year their 80th uh, anniversary. Slightly, uh, Some of the events they wanted to do slightly d- delayed because of the pandemic, but they're now uh, back up and running again. And um, a few weeks ago, one of their members, Lance Howie, who's been a long standing member of the choir, uh, was talking to their chairman, John Walsh, about um, a tree that they planted in Grosvenor Park in Chester. Um, some 30 years ago to mark the what was then the Cestrian Melbourne Choir's 50th anniversary. And John's been, chair, been involved with the choir for some 10 years now and actually didn't know that this tree existed in the park. So um, Lance um, very swiftly produced a photograph uh, of the actual tree planting itself. And believe it or not, some of the members uh, who were still in the choir were present at that event 30 years ago. So Um, They thought it would be quite nice because they they realised that um, probably the plaque that was um, attached to the tree or planted close to the tree at the time of the original planting is long since gone. So they thought it would be nice to uh, have a new plaque made to commemorate their 80th anniversary this year. And uh, so having contacted uh, local council to see what they could do, what they were allowed to do, uh, they finally a few weeks ago uh, had a little ceremony. At the tree, which is now fully grown, fully grown oak tree. Which is, so, they, you know, amazing. They were amazed to see how big it had grown. I think. Um, so they had a little ceremony at the at the tree to attach the new plaque to it and rededicate the, the tree. Um, and it was great. Some of the members who were there, the regional planting, were able to come along and be present at this uh, the unveiling of this new plaque to celebrate the choir's 80th anniversary. That, absolutely, it's a lovely story. It really is.
0: Oh, that really is. That's lovely. And I must next time I go to the Grosvenor Park, go and have a look, try and find it because it's from the photos I've seen. It looks absolutely magnificent, beautiful tree. So that's lovely, really lovely. Okay, so back to um, on stage now with a look at what's coming up in the foreseeable future and into 2022. We've got Theatre Cluid bringing their fantastic rock and roll panto back on stage after it was um, screened online last year due to the pandemic. And it's Beauty and the Beast. It's written by the legend and talented um, actor um, and writer that is Christian Patterson. So it's sure to be a laugh a minute Um, and there's going to be the usual brilliant array of rock and roll belters to really get your toes tapping and there'll be jokes for adults and children alike the usual it is guaranteed I I promise you um, we've been there guaranteed a magical magical festive night or afternoon to remember And that is coming to Theatre Cleared in Mould, a little theatre on the hill as we call it, from Friday the 19th of November to Saturday the 15th of January. And tickets are priced from £15 and have a look on their website to find out more about that. Okay, um, coming back to uh, Chester, we've got the festive production from Story House in the City, which this year is Oliver Twist. A bit of a classic, classic tale there, being brought to life on stage by the talented cast at Story House, and that runs from the 4th of December to the 16th of January. And tickets, I had a little look on the website just before, they seem to range from about £18 up to about, um, 34 or £38 pounds. so um, have a look on their website to find out more about that.
1: Um, also coming up in Chester next year we're very, very, very excited that local youth theatre On The Mark uh, will be staging uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber musical Whistle Down The Wind. It's perhaps one that's not perhaps that well known but of course the, the smash hit uh, No Matter What which was performed by Boyzone comes from that show and it's going to be interesting uh, for the youth theatre because they're going to be getting to work with an adult cast as well who are playing uh, some, some of the, the older lead roles so it's it's going to be a really interesting time for for the members of the youth theatre to get the experience of working with an adult cast um, for that show and I know uh, from speaking to Simon Phillips who's one of the founders of On The Mark Youth Theatre that uh, they're all really excited to be again like many many companies like. Against the Grain and Tip Top and Chester Little Theatre. Really, really excited to be back in rehearsals and back on stage. Uh, You know, a slow return to normal, hopefully. But yeah, really looking forward to seeing On The Mark produce uh, Whistle Down The Wind next March.
0: Oh, fantastic. That sounds like another unmissable production. We've got so many talented people, haven't we, in around Chester? That's brilliant. we are
1: really lucky actually you know and i i i say that as a as a goer and someone who who sort of helps produce theater it's yeah we are we are so blessed with with some of the companies that we have absolutely
0: okay um turning our attention now to um Again, the talented folk at Chester Little Theatre in um, Chester. They have a number of productions coming up, including a comedy thriller uh, by Fred Carmichael, Murder on the Rerun. And that is all about um, untoward um, happenings in and around a chalet in a ski resort um, where a group of friends have gathered And um, someone, shock horror, is found dead at the bottom of the stairs. So high drama. And that is going to be um, staged in the Liz Stafford Auditorium. And that will run from the 4th of December to the 11th of December. And looking forward further still, we have a um, a classic production being staged, A View from the Bridge, from the pen of Arthur Miller, directed by Jane Barth and set in 1950s Brooklyn, New York. Eddie Carboni works hard on the docks to support his wife, Beatrice, and her orphaned niece, Catherine. Tension arises when Catherine announces. Da, 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 that she has a job and is leaving school. Um, Beatrice is pleased for her. Eddie's against her taking the job, becomes angry. Is his concern genuine or is it based on jealousy? So, again, that's another exciting one that is coming to Chester Little Theatre from the 26th of Feb to the 5th of March. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, now, <laughs> I had a bit of a senior moment there, didn't I, Paul? I was I was finding information out about Tip Top's excellent up and coming new production, and I Googled them under Tip Top and Cats, which. Da, da, da. Yes, they are bringing *Cats* the musical to the stage. Um, what did I get in my Google results? But *Top Cat*, which took me right back to my 1970s childhood. So and <laughs> so that gave I'm us a giggle. So that was a little comedy moment for us there. And we were just saying, yeah, it's, it's just as well that I'm not doing this live right now. We've got the wonders of pre-record for a podcast. So there we go. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe,
1: maybe, maybe we should go out on the Top
0: Cat <laughs> Maybe indeed, because that is going to be my earworm now. <laughs> for the next day or so. Right. OK, so sorry, Tip Top Productions, taking the uh, the, <laughs> the attention, the spotlight away from you there by Top Cat. Um, so Tip Top, not Top Cat, are bringing Cats the Musical to the stage at Theatre uh March next year from the 16th to the 19th. So that is going to be phenomenal. Um knowing you know as talented as tipped up are and they love musicals they're so good at doing that music from Andy Lloyd Webber based on the old possums book *A practical cats by T.S. Eliot so that is going to be a joy to behold too And I believe tickets are available from the Theatre Cluid box office from um, November with prices um, ranging from £12 up to £18. So, yeah, have a look out for that on the Theatre Cluid website. And apologies for Top Cat fans. Top Cat isn't in it, but there will be a lot of other excellent entertaining cats. (laughs) There we go. Right. So, um. Was there anything you wanted to mention, Paul, before we finish the podcast and, and let people get back to their business?
1: <laughs> I just think it's great that we're actually now getting back to a little bit of, of normality and th- you know theatres and venues starting to open again. And, you know, it's great that we're actually able to talk about upcoming events. It's so long for everybody <laughs> in the industry and everybody who loves theatre. So, yeah, it's absolutely great that there's now so much going on in in Chester and the surrounding area as well you know and, and it's, it's yeah it's fantastic there's nothing better for me as far as I'm concerned as, as seeing a live fish live production yeah absolutely wonderful
0: it and, really uh, as long, is
1: as long as we stay on the right side of being safe that's the important thing
0: absolutely absolutely it's all about being careful isn't it and staying safe because we are still in a pandemic well said well said but yeah, it's it's a good feeling, isn't it, to be getting out there again, watching theatre, taking part in theatre, um, bit of escapism, which we all need. So that's good. That's good. Um yeah, and it's been it's been brilliant to chat to you again, Paul. I've missed this, I've really missed it. <laughs> it's been it's been ace. lovely, it's
1: been great to to do it again. It really has been too long, hasn't it? So it's it's yeah, it's been really lovely to do this one again and hopefully the first of many more podcasts, Angela, absolutely.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So yeah, thank you so much to my co-host Paul Crofts and to the wonderful team at Against the Grain in Chester for letting me come and um, watch them rehearse their latest production, Mr. Dumpling, coming to Chester's Live Rooms um, at the end of November. Um, Find out more on the Chester Live Rooms website. Okay. Thank you so much for listening in after our little breather. Um, We hope you'll stick with us and keep tuned for lots more podcasts, as Paul mentioned. Um, Yeah, it's The Good Enough Human. Feels flipping good to be back doing it again. And it's brought to you by the team at We Are Chester. And thanks so much to all of you for listening in and my co host, everyone involved, and also to Stephen Kenyon Owen for the Ace Music, which brings the podcast to life. So um, take care, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.